Welcome to another episode of Comic Book Characters. Oh shit, Elon Musk is the Green Goblin? I'm your friendly neighborhood podcaster, Alfred. I'm Chris, the uncontested creator, Gossidus. Comic Stuff! Yeah boy, what up? Welcome to another episode. We are going to bring you Venom, Venom Review, PG-13, Venom, Venom, uh, Shillum, Venom, Tedum. Red him, pet him, <laughs> get him. I'm just <laughs> bet him. I love how it wasn't even me who did it this time. <laughs> so yeah, this is our Venom episode. We're gonna do Venom review. We've got a special guest, a uh, friend of the podcast, uh, Richard Evans of Rivers Want. He's coming in as huge Venom aficionado uh, and fanatic. We're going to run down real quick. Oh, my goodness, everybody. There is a ton of stuff, CBC here. So I'm just going to very quickly run down the there's slides. Like, so, there's like four news items, There's like guys. four much. times four news items. Uh, Captain Marvel trailer. Uh, a new film being commissioned, script being commissioned by Marvel Studios. Spider-Verse trailer. Unfortunately, more people passing away in the comic realm. Uh, we've got possible uh, culprit of some Star Wars The Last Jedi bashing. Hellboy poster being revealed. A Rocksteady game featuring DC characters. Jake Ooh. Gyllenhaal as Mysterio first look. A new Deadpool film coming in December. What? Gambit update. Oh my god. Only the thousandth and twenty ninth Gambit update coming at you. Stop uh, trying to make Gambit a thing. <laughs> is, is, it, is it Wednesdays? Do we wear pink? Dark Phoenix trailer. Walking <laughs> uh, Phoenix as the Joker. And, of course, the Big Wheel Award. But Big bef- Wheel. <laughs> Before we get into all of that, we do have Richard coming on as our special guest. And we're going to just jump right into that, into the, the Venom review and our thoughts about where Venom is going. So it's coming up right now. Enjoy. Okay, now we have Richard Evans, friend of the podcast, formerly uh, in the episode where we talked about, I think, maybe the Venom first Venom trailer. Uh, if you guys remember, you listeners out there in the CBC, uh, Richard was super hyped for the film. Uh, big Venom fan. We, of course, are Venom fans here. Richard, are you there? I am there. Awesome. All right. Yes, awesome. Burp, burp, burp. You know what, Chris? Uh, uh, have you tried Soundy out? Is he? Is he up in? Is he? Uh, how's his health? Is he? Is he ready to play? There we go. Nice. All right. So Sandy's he with is, us. He's now. there. Hopefully. He's. <laughs> All right. So Richard, before we do our little summation of Venom and Chris, I'm looking at you, and uh, just in one word for you, Richard, did Venom live up to the hype? Yes. Absolutely awesome. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna dig into that brain, see uh, what you, what you liked and maybe what you didn't. But before we do that, Chris, yes sir. From the perspective of Venom, okay. What is Venom the movie about? It's all about me, motherfucker. <laughs> I say shit about fifty times, pussy. <laughs> I'm sort of a loser. I come to Earth. I find this guy who's also a loser named Eddie. Uh, we eat some shit together. He throws up a lot. <laughs> I come to make out with me. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Uh, oh, yeah. And then that other dude's there, right? Yeah. yeah. He's an asshole. Yeah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
It's all good though. Fucking blew his ass up. Yeah. All right, Venom. I didn't know we were going to have Venom as a guest on the show. Even better. Wow, dude. Uh, uh, fantastic. Venom's coming on the show, letting us know what he did in the movie Venom. It's uh, it's a first here. It's an exclusive to comic book characters. All right, Richard. Um, I knew. I know. You know. Like again. Like I'm a Spider-Man fan, and so anytime a Spider-Man movie comes out. I'm excited because it's the thing I love the most with with this stuff. But I'm also always hesitant because I'm like, please don't fuck it up. Like, please let this be good. Let it be what I want it to be. Or surprise me and and give me something I wasn't even thinking about. For you, what was that Venom experience for you? Like, what was the mind-blowing part of it? No, like, what what was the experience for you seeing Venom? Like, you said it lived up to the hype, but... What what stood out? Like, what was the thing that you're like, yes, this is what I wanted? Oh, this is what I wanted out of it? Uh, I really liked the way they communicated with each other. Right. Eddie and the symbiote. And, and, and how that relationship develops. And also, I really, really enjoyed the way that the suit looked. Like, that was Venom. But that's what he looks like. There you go. Like, right there in the movie, he was drooly, he was tons of teeth. Uh, so many disgusting teeth. Disgusting to look at, you know, and, <laughs> and I loved it. I, I went with my fiance, and a lot of the time she's just like, ew, and I'm like, yeah, we got a good movie here. That's, that's the response you want, right? Like, she's, well. <laughs> she probably thought like, oh, I'm going to get to ogle Tom Hardy for an hour, and nope. You get to. Are we still ogle Tom Hardy? I mean, you do get a little bit. You get a little, I mean. <laughs> team, a team sport right there. That's true. <laughs> team, team Tom, Team Tom, our good friend Tom. Uh, uh, so, Chris, uh, for sure. you, what surprised you about Venom? Oh, and by the way, to listeners out there, I think you all know this by now, but just in case we got some new listeners, uh, we do spoilers when we're talking about the films. So, no, you no. know, if you haven't seen the film yet, go see it. Then come back to this particular section of the podcast, Chris. What surprised you most about Venom? Um, let me see here. I guess. Hmm. Well, the. I guess maybe the first ten minutes. I don't know if we're going to talk about like uh maybe like maybe trips and pitfalls it had. Yeah, but, certainly. Um, yeah, it, it's like uh at this point in like the move the, the superhero movie formula, uh, we can still trip up a little bit. Mm-hmm. in the first act and that's you know that's a little different uh <laughs> it found its footing it found its, it found its groove a little bit later on um and what worked you know it, it ended up really working so but uh yeah just rocky starts uh that's something new something different some it's something like from the pre-mcu days right you know i saw an article somewhere that said that this movie felt like it was made in 2005 and I don't necessarily agree with that sentiment, but it is a sharp contrast when you look at a polished machine film like Avengers Infinity War that like hits the ground running uh, from the from the first second of that film. And then in this one, and the, you know, to me, felt like an episode of the X-Files or like some <laughs> mini series on TNT, just the very beginning of the film. It felt like almost like a, like a nighttime drama. It didn't feel like a movie. I didn't feel like I was actually watching a movie, a theatrical film. Right. Uh, but like you said, once it actually gets going and really it's, and I think Richard, you'd probably agree with this. 
it's when the symbiote and Eddie bond, the the film really finds its 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 footing, you know, and and then it goes off from there. I by far to me my favorite thing was that. The dynamic, just I echo Richard's sentiment that uh, Eddie and, and and Venom, the symbiote, had together. That they, you know, prior to this film coming out, there was a rumor that Tom Hardy signed a three-picture deal, and um, I'm really excited about that because I I thought he crushed it. I mean, Tom Hardy's a great get for this film, and he's a fantastic, phenomenal actor. Uh, but but the way you know, and he did the for those that don't know, he did the voice of Venom as well. So he's really just acting against himself, and it's great. It's really good. It's it's just all of that stuff is really good. Richard, if you had to, if you had to change something about the film, what do you think that might be? Michelle Williams. Yeah. Uh, I just didn't think that they had too much chemistry, and she played it pretty cold. Mm-hmm. Um. That that was about it, uh, though. It, at the same time, I understand why her character was being that way, especially after what Eddie did to her. Right. And and so I was like, yeah, but then I don't know. I I, I don't want to talk too much crap on her because I mean I thought she still did a good job, but yeah. when I was watching her, I was like, well, maybe I didn't have chemistry with her. I was just like, I'm not <laughs> feeling this shit, you know. I, I, kind of I don't think you're wrong. I don't think you're wrong. I think she came out to me a little flat um there there doesn't seem to be a lot of chemistry between her and Tom Hardy on screen it's kind of funny because before the film came out there was a lot of, a lot of negative press a lot of negative social media uh, presence for Venom and it even got to the point where, where there were articles and there was a rumor going around that it was Lady Gaga fans that were purposefully slamming the film so Why? that so that a star is born would do better the funny oh, thing so the funny thing is is like that and I haven't seen that movie yet but like one of the one of the things coming out of a star is born that people are raving about is the chemistry between Bradley Cooper and yeah. um, and Lady Gaga which I imagine is accurate and I'm sure they do have great on-screen chemistry um, I I you know again having not seen that film but it would have been nice to have a little more oomph to the Michelle Williams uh, Tom Hardy yeah. stuff uh, kind of, kind of uh, piggybacking off of that sentiment. For me, Jenny Slate. I'm, a, I'm a huge Jenny Slate fan. If you haven't seen, uh, what's it called, Obvious Child? Uh, that's a great movie. She's in Gifted with Chris Evans. She's really good in that. She's an amazing comedic actress. She has a recurring role on Parks and Rec. She's so funny, and they just. They don't do anything with her in this film. It's so weird. Uh, she affects the film in, in almost virtually no way whatsoever. And I'm like, why is she even here? <laughs> like, just you could have gotten, you could have gotten Nev Campbell for this role, and that's not a shot at Nev Campbell. Ooh. But like, you just could have gotten anybody. Like, it it didn't matter. Like, you get Jenny Slate because she's got great comedic timing, and like, she's she lights up mm-hmm. the screen when she's there, and they just. They just didn't do that here. So that was a bit surprising for me. Chris, since you already kind of talked about the opening, which was something you didn't particularly uh, care for. Right. What What was something that, you know, because we did. We did kind of come into this a, a little or a lot concerned, uh, if you've listened to our past episodes. 
about whether Sony was going to be able to get the tone of the character right. But for you, what did you really like, or what surprised you in a very positive way with this film? Um, uh, man, yeah, it's just the Eddie Brock and Venom, like when they're talking to each other, like yeah. uh, the, the, it takes umbrage to being called a parasite. That's really that was really funny. Uh, I don't know. I, I think. I, I really wanted more of that. I wanted more like, uh, yeah, show me becoming, uh, show show me more of him becoming like the antihero that he's supposed to be, that he was billed as being, right? Right. Um, we get a little taste of it at the end where they're kind of setting up parameters where like, uh, all right, you can't eat any good people. You're going to know good people when you see them. You're going to know bad people when you see them too. Uh, you, we can, you know, kill bad people, not good people. Um, that whole deal. Like, you know, please show me more of that transition to like chaotic neutral or Right. <laughs> I guess I guess Carnage might be the chaotic evil of this whole mess, but um, yeah, I, I wanted more of that. Uh, I think that that was really really great. Um, I might be jumping the gun a little bit, but like my favorite scene in that movie was uh, where was he, he was kind of like coming off the building, like he he takes the elevator down, right? Mm -hmm. And um, he's like getting ambushed by SWAT or whoever the hell it was, and um, and they they they're about to throw some tear gas out, and they uh, they say masks, and they go copy, and they put the mask down. And he's like, "All right, I warn you guys, mask." And, Vin and then Venom goes copy, and right, and he just suits out. up. Yeah, just that that interaction. I wanted more of that shit right there. Definitely. Uh, uh, so, Richard, uh, being being a musician, um, being somebody who's inclined to be uh, very artistic with with sounds how did you feel that the score of the movie uh, do you, did you feel like i mean did you feel like it was sufficient do you feel like it was amazing how did you feel about the song cues and then i guess also off of that how did you feel about that that venom song by eminem at the very end on venom. the credits yeah like what are your what are your what are your thoughts on that the score i didn't really pay too much attention to it except for Whenever some kind of uh, like dramatic cue happened, there was some kind of synth sound that I did like a lot. That was kind of like this intimidating sound. Um, the the Venom song at the end uh, it surprised me. I was like, they got Eminem to do this? Okay. Um, there were a lot of very annoying rhymes with the word Venom that just, <laughs> this, just seemed a little phoned in. I'm like Eminem, this is, you're great, but the fuck is this? You know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> like, I even think the studio thought the same thing because that was the first time I heard that song, and I'm like, shouldn't you have right. promoted? I I was for sure that <laughs> that was a. <laughs> I completely thought that was somebody affecting of an Eminem kind of cadence. Like I I thought that yeah. that's an Eminem impersonator for sure. You thought that was Machine yeah. Gun Kelly like trying to make a name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. So I think I think in that I, I I completely hear you, Richard. I think what happened there is kind of you know it's kind of what we all assume. I think there were a lot of zeros on that check, and M probably phoned it in, and there he's like, "Fuck you, I'm Eminem. This is what you're gonna get." And they're like, "Okay, thank you for this song, I guess." Um, yeah. <laughs> um, you did your contractual obligation. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it it uh yeah it's uh. Oh, man, I don't know. It, it, almost, it, it reeks of the cheesiness, but not of, like, the the kind of cutesiness of the Will Smith Men in Black song. Yeah. Right? But it's, like, in that vein, but, like, but, but cringier, but, like, like, like an edgelord version of that song. 
like um, like Will Smith's Wild Wild West song. Okay, yes, there you go. It is. It is the Wild Wild West of superhero yeah, yeah. tie-in uh, songs. Richard, so we see Carnage at the end on the bumper. Uh, we see Woody Harrelson, right? It, it got out a long time ago that Woody Harrelson was involved in this film in some capacity. And right away, a lot of people were like, oh, is he, is he going to be Carnage? Is he going to be Cassidy? Is he going to be Carnage? Turns out, yeah, that's exactly uh, what's going to happen. How do you feel about that? What do you think about what we see of Woody Harrelson? It just we did just a small taste of him in this film. But what do you what do you think how that's going to play out moving forward? I always thought uh, you're going to do that character. You need to have somebody that can play joyfully uh, maniacal. Right. You know, somebody that enjoys doing that. Uh, one person I originally thought of would maybe be Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, but then he'd be like terrifying. Uh, we kind of <laughs> need somebody that's more of a, a Joker-esque kind of presence that's reveling in it. And I've been a huge Woody Harrelson fan for forever. And just uh, natural born killers is all I got to say. Right. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm just imagining Mickey Knox getting a symbiote. And oh, shit. And, and I'm like, he's already done it. He's already done that role. I've seen it. And he was fucking perfect at it. Right. And and what he was doing in that jail cell for like the few seconds that we saw him, I'm like, yep, he's going to knock this out of the park. Now, that being said, that was probably one of the worst directed handoffs I've ever seen. Because it was like, you, you weren't, you weren't uh, pulled in by the fact that Eddie's going to go meet this, this uh, known serial killer, you know, right. et cetera. You were just introduced to Woody Harrelson in a wig, because as he walked in, you're like, "Who are they? What are they talking about?" Yeah, you know. And so when you see him like drawing on the wall and blood and stuff, like that's fucked up, but that still doesn't give us any inclination on who that is, you know? Right. Um, other than, all right, there's a uh, Woody Harrelson. We know he can pull this off, yeah, and that's about it. So that's but, a but yes. Woody Harrelson being Carnage is a is another casting win in my eyes. Like uh, Tom Hardy is Eddie Brock, perfect, and Woody Harrelson's Carnage, perfect as well. I, you know, it's funny. I really, I'm glad you brought up the uh, the Natural Born Killers comparison, comp, because when I when I first saw it, and I completely agree. Like the handoff is is not good. I was like, oh, I don't know, man. That wig's really distracting. This is giving me a lot of. Um, Lex Luthor, Batman versus Superman vibes, and yeah. I, you know, if he feeds him a Jolly Rancher, I'm out. Like, <laughs> but but once you told me, uh, you know, and this is you know maybe behind the scenes a little bit, but we talked off air after we both saw the movie, and you were like, dude, Natural Born Killers, and I'm like, oh shit, you're right, you're right, <laughs> and when you're right, you're right. But you know, I, I you're right. We have already seen what he can do. All you just gotta right. do is look at Natural Born Killers. Uh, I would have liked to have seen a little more show me right with 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 Cassidy show like some newspaper yeah. clippings or like a video right, right. package where it's like this known serial killer that's like terrorized people just as a yeah. regular human without any powers right you know play that part up and they just they didn't do that it was yeah it was really uh, weird. Yeah, there's- little missed opportunity there because i mean eddie brock being a journalist you could say hey there's these stories that i want to cover this one in particular this one as well yada 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 right and have the boss go no sorry you're gonna go talk to clayton drake and then i'm like ah i want to do this real journalism shit right 
I want to do a puff piece. Right, right. Right, right. Which, by the way, yeah. uh, I need to say that Riz Ahmed, as uh, Carlton Drake, was great. Uh, didn't recognize him. Uh, like, I know who he is. Right. And, I, and it just didn't pop into my head. That's the same guy that I've seen from, like, Rogue One, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I, didn't, I didn't know. And he played a perfect, like, um, Elon Musk type character. Yep, like, let's do this. Everything is great. We're going to have to break a lot of eggs to make this omelet, but we're going to make this fucking omelet, you know? Yeah. Um, and I really like that. I It and, also... It also, sorry, you don't want me uh, interrupting. It's it speaks to the times that we live in now, right? Like, right. Th- this idea that you have to advance things at all costs. Like you said, Elon Musk. Elon Musk just got pegged and had to step down as CEO. Like, you yep. could see this this Carlton Drake character having to deal with the same kind of thing, right? So it's yep. it's it's very poignant and and uh, uh, resonates with the time that we have. You know that we're dealing with now. Um, in the science and social fields, Chris, what did you think about Woody Harrelson? Uh, we're, yeah, you... um, I, I totally agree with like uh, <laughs> it, it was not it was uh, uh, definitely dropped the baton kind of like there was no uh, finessing. There's no like a dexterous way that this this was produced or like I guess introduced. Um, just just thinking about it, like yeah. Show him like on a show him like killing a victim, right? right? And like he's there, he's like doing his gruesome shit, but then the victim had a symbiote, and it just kind of fucking jumps up at him at the last, and you do see him kind of transforming there at the end. You know, just show him in action. We can piece it together. I mean, it's Venom. <laughs> uh, we got to have Carnage at some point, right? Um, I would have appreciated it if it was just Woody Harrelson if we just saw some shit that he was doing. Uh, right. I'm def I'm definitely all in on the cast. I I, I agree with you 100 percent on the Jackie Earl Haley. Um, yeah, you don't. You wouldn't need a wig. <laughs> he actually has Jack Earl Haley's hair. Is like yeah. in this thing. It's weird. Uh, no, that's a wig too. Oh yeah. Oh, I guess that's true, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, that wasn't his real hair in Watchmen. <laughs> uh, so that actually speaks to to a big thing about this, a big sort of controversy, right? And that's that this movie was written and directed and shot as an R-rated film. Uh, mm. Sony then came in after the fact and and demanded that it be cut to a PG-13, which I you know I've gone on the record as saying I was really unhappy about that. I don't care that the film's PG-13. If they always wanted it to be PG-13 and they wrote it that way and they shot it that way, cool, that would have been fine. But that's not what they did. They shot and wrote an R-rated film and then and then neutered it. I mean, essentially. Yeah. So so I wonder if the, we're missing some of the the Cassidy stuff is was on the editing floor, you know, some of the murders that he might have done. Um, something else that was really strange to me, and it's honestly, I don't wouldn't say it even detracts from the film unless you really pay attention. But then once you start thinking about it, it it's weird if you watch it. There's no blood in this film. And people are getting their heads bitten off. They're getting like these giant symbiote blades cut through them. There's, mm-hmm. there's, they're getting impaled and stabbed. And there's like virtually no blood at all. It's really weird uh, how sterile and clean this movie is. That being said, and I know, God, I, I hope they didn't do this on purpose, but they've got my money, so whatever, it worked. I can't wait for an unrated cut, like on Blu-ray. Yeah, Richard. Th- that being said, what would you like to? Because so the rumor is, is that Tom Hardy's favorite scenes in the film 
are missing <laughs> from this cut of the mm-hmm. film. So that so that being said, what do you hope is in that unrated cut, if anything? Uh, you know, uh, talking about the violent side of it, and uh, I think it was fine the way that they did it. Honestly, it, it, the only reason why I would see it being rated R is they just didn't add the blood to those particular shots you know mm-hmm. um but what i would like to yeah i want to see these scenes that uh, he's talked about i haven't really read the press on it because i didn't want to read the movie or anything like that. Hear that um but yeah some uh some additional violence would be cool uh that's really kind of about it um yeah more interaction with the symbiote and him would be cool too uh but for the most part i thought overall just start to finish was a pretty damn good movie you had a lot of stuff to cover and they kind of just went down the road and click 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 all the way down and there was no there was no fat on that movie is what I'm trying to say. Oh yeah, definitely. And and it I I completely agree. That once it gets going, it just continuous continuously builds momentum, right? Yeah. As it's moving along. And that's that's great for a film to do cuz when you're watching it, you you don't ever catch yourself looking at your watch or anything. Right. Uh, my 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 favorite anecdote about this is that the the first time I saw Batman versus Superman, I literally just stared at my bucket of popcorn for <laughs> ten minutes, like I, a decent amount of time, because I was just so zoned out from that movie, and I just like was like, this is, I don't want to watch this. This is kind of boring. Chris, <laughs> uh, under uh, for an unrated cut on a Blu-ray, yeah. uh, hopefully we get at least those forty minutes. What is what would you like to see in that version? Uh, I want to see um, com- com- completely uncensored symbiote sex, man. <laughs> uh, we already we're already halfway there. We, yeah, we were halfway there. That, that hot kiss in the forest, that kiss was man. Fucking, that kiss was fucking awesome. I gotta say. I was so, like, yeah. <laughs> wouldn't she be like all amped up from the kill? Like she just used that power, oh, yeah. right? She, just, she can't control it. She just you know. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Get sticky. Get sticky with the symbiote. <laughs> get sticky with it. That's hashtag get sticky. There's their there's their social media campaign right there. <laughs> uh, okay, so I mean, are you guys with me? This is automatically going to win MTV's best kiss, like the award that they give out. It has to win, right? That would be awesome. That would be. I hope it does. It should win. It, it should absolutely win. Okay, before we close out our our discussion of Venom the movie, uh, two two more things. The second bumper was about seven minutes of just the Spider-Verse animated movie that's coming out in December. I have a lot of thoughts and feelings. I don't want to overwhelm <laughs> this podcast with that. So I'm going to sit back, but I want to know both of y'all's thoughts. First, uh, Chris, what were your thoughts on the Spider-Verse uh, a bumper? I mean, really, it was just seven, like seven minutes of the film. Yeah. What did you think about that? Woof. Uh, they totally missed uh, every cue possible. No art direction whatsoever. Uh, mm. Spider-Gwen's character design completely mm. off the rails. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. no. <laughs> As I'm biting through my lip, like what? <laughs> I, I loved it, man. Mm. Of course. it's. Um, I, I just can't wait to see all the different Spider-People with all the different texture packs. Because like, yeah. ah, the, the dedication that went into making that animated movie it's there in every cell. It ah, it's gonna be great. It's gonna be so great. I, I think I love um, how the action kind of was like portrayed like a comic book almost. Mm-hmm. Like they do like the three panel hit really quickly when I think uh, they're bouncing along after the train. Mm-hmm. Um, nah, it, it's it's like um, why can't all these movies be this way? <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, it's it's it, what's well, the same thing that we talk about with Warner Brothers all the time, right? They make these wonderful animated films about their superhero characters. But then when it comes to the live action stuff, it's just like a huge disconnect. It's like, wait, guys, why don't you all just do the thing that you did in the animated <laughs> movie? Just do that. Just put it on the screen. Just What do you do? It's a little bit of that, like with Sony. Uh, although, again, right. it seems like they did take a step in the right direction with Venom. Uh, you know, but, and look, the critics, there was all that shit about it being like as bad as Catwoman or whatever. That was bullshit. Not even close. Not even in the right. remote sphere of that. And guess what? The world, the world had their say. Two hundred million dollars worldwide opening weekend for Venom. Wow. So Sony's got a hit. Like, I think if they build on this, uh, they could easily continue to improve on it. And it, it, the sky's the limit, really. But but uh, but. Before we get into where we think Venom's going next, uh, Richard, what did you think about that Spider Verse uh, little like uh, just a little bit that we got to see of it, like the seven minute clip? I didn't see the seven minute clip. Oh, really? I saw the trailer. Okay. And and from what I saw in there, yeah, I, I agree. The art direction of that was awesome. It was cool to see them combine different comic books and even down to like the frame count. And, like I think. Uh, regular Peter Parker, the one that we know, was in like at least you know 24 frames per second. But uh, the new Spider-Man was a little less. Like it had this almost stop motion that was missing a few frames, kind of thing, mm-hmm. and, and and gave it another feel altogether. And uh, and then like Spider-Pig was all super crisp and animated, and I, I loved all of it. I thought that was really yeah. good, really good way of doing that. Like, almost very uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but times. Five. Right, so, right, like a superhero getting, who frame right. That's great. Yeah, so I really dug it. I, th- I think that's going to be a, a good one. I think, by the way, Richard, I mean, do you need another excuse to see Venom again? You know, you see it again at the very, very end of the film. That's when they, they show the Spider-Verse thing. And it's like, it seriously is like seven minutes of the film. Uh, so check it out if you if you end up seeing it again. I love yeah. John Mulaney, by the way, as the voice of uh, Spider-Ham, the pig, Spider-Pig. Uh, John Mulaney, the comedian. I think that's such a great uh, casting choice for that. But um, okay, well, before we wrap up, let's let's do our predictions here. Uh, Richard, where do you want to see Venom Two go? I mean, clearly, it looks like it's going to involve Carnage in some capacity. What would you like to see uh, in a sequel? I'd like to see almost like uh, like kind of you just did like the Dark Knight where we jump into it and he's already been you know taking care of business mm-hmm. kind of thing for a little bit and and their relationship because what i thought was really cool about um this particular film was uh both the characters of the symbiote and eddie start off one way and like when they first when you first meet him like eddie's kind of a loser and a coward he did a mm-hmm. lot of cowardice things and kind of you know whenever there were times of violence he would step back and like not get involved and then when you meet the symbiote, he's uh, just a, a maniac, and and like, yep, yeah, we're gonna go get my bros. We're gonna go f up this planet, yada yada yada. And then slowly, you see them start to depend on each other and see their points of view, and then start to do more. Um, they, they actually become a symbiotic. Right. symbiote and from that guy's hand he didn't succeed at it but 
he attempted, and he wouldn't have attempted that before. Like he got courage because of that. And mm-hmm. then, uh, then he uh, started to have more compassion for humans, uh, and and you know, and, and for Eddie, and then also for uh, Michelle Williams' character. Like, oh, we're getting her back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I kind of do want to see uh, how she deals with him. You know, and how that might affect their relationship in the future. Right. Uh, and also uh, where he goes with it. And, and yeah, with nice to see. I, what I was, what, what I'm kind of hoping what it, to have happen would be. Second movie is we see uh, Eddie Brock and Venom doing their thing, yada yada yada, and uh, he ends up killing somebody, which is illegal, and cops arrest him. You know, and somehow find a way to. Uh, kind of subdue the, the symbiote a, a bit while he's in jail and then while he's in jail he's in jail with you know um, Cletus or Cassidy whatever yeah Cletus uh, Cassidy uh, yeah that's good okay yeah uh, uh, and then that's when it would spawn off you know and then there you go there's your movie there you go hey and then have, Sony and then to, to Richards, Richards a, for hire guys <laughs> yes I, I, I uh, and then basically Venom has to deal with his bastard child kind of thing and like it's his responsibility Right. That's good. I like it. It's a, it's a good elevator pitch. Uh, Chris, what do you think? What do you what would you like to see in a sequel? Hmm. Uh. So, like, as a po- like, if we're taking the Venom as like a direct foil for Spider Man, Spider Man is all about you know actions and its own reward. Um, let's have Venom explore a little bit more of the revenge side of things. I mean, uh, you know. Instant judgment and comeuppance and <laughs> karma, karma being due—that seems like Venom's territory. Let's let's see a little bit of that. Let's see, um, you know, explore the the darker side of superpowers. Yeah, I I I, I think, you know, I agree. I wonder if you try to do that. If maybe you have to give it an R rating at that point, if that's going to be a, a like a central core theme. I mean, maybe you could do it in PG thirteen. I don't know. Maybe. Um, Okay, so before we before we let Richard go, before we move on, uh, just one quick question, Richard: If it were up to you in a Venom sequel, would you like it to continue to be a PG thirteen film or rated R? Good question. Um, I don't think that you need to change the tone of the film uh, because, again, it's fun. Um, if we go into a rated R territory, I feel that you might get a little too dark. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to kind of reserve that call until I see what their rated R cut is going to be. Right. Uh-huh. You know? Good call. Because um, it, it could be something like, yeah, they cut that out because it was unnecessary. There was no need for that. That would be kind of like if Pirates of the Caribbean was rated R for some right. reason. Right. Like, why? It doesn't need to be. <laughs> um, That's a good point. Like, oh, we're just going to bring in violence and titties for no reason. Like, I did you need that to make it a better movie no like again they were still it was still violent um so i'm okay with it being pg-13 uh now if they you can make a rated r superhero movie we've seen them be able to do that um and since this was a success coming out of the gate which is i think why they may have muted some of the violence uh to make it pg-13 so they can get more people to show up Mm -hmm. but um i don't see it being a necessity However, if they do a brave choice of making the next one rated R, then you better just uh, unleash um, 
Woody Harrelson and, and everything that he can do and just let it go. Right, with go the carnage. Full, all, go, go full Oliver Stone, make it carnage. You know, right. That's a great, great point. Again, Sony, mm-hmm. Richard is available. At <laughs> him. At him. Pick his brain. He'll do it. He'll he'll do some good stuff for you guys. Well, Richard, I wanted to thank you so much for coming on the podcast again. Uh, we love having you on here. I'm really happy that Venom turned out, uh, to me, much better than even expected and that you had a good time with it. Don't forget to see it again so you can see the Spider-Verse thing. And um, we'll yeah, catch you next time. Thank you so much for All coming right, on. Thank you for having me. Okay, it was great having Richard on. We again want to thank him for coming on the show. Uh, we did have a little bit of audio difficulty there, but you know he's on the road, so we we're happy that he made time, and we make best uh, do with what we can. Uh, we definitely. I mean, want to... I, I can't believe all those racist hot takes you were giving too. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm glad you had time to edit that out, man. Uh, was I supposed to edit those out? Uh-oh. Uh oh. Oh no. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> oh no. Uh, but let's 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 move forward. Again, we just we're gonna keep going because there's just so much to cover this week. Jesus. Uh, Captain Marvel trailer. Brie Larson. Not not <laughs> not Larson Brie. I always want to call her Larson Brie for some reason. I don't know why. No one's name is Larson. Nobody's first name is Larson. Nobody's I mean, first name is Larson. Brie Larson. Uh, fantastic actress. The Room. Not the Room. The Room. Room. <laughs> Room. Movie's the room, right? Which is the one that's not... Hi, Mark. The other one. The other one. That's bullshit. I denied. I denied. Yeah. Hi, Mark. Uh, Not that one. The other one. The one that won the Academy Awards. Yeah. Uh, Tommy. Always, always, always never, never far away. Uh, She she was in Kong Skull Island, man. She is. She's pretty good in that. That movie is underrated. She was in the Clash of the Demon. That movie is real fun. She was in the literally in the band, the Clash of the Demon Head. Uh, Scott Pilgrim, of course, fantastic film. We're gonna talk about Kevin trailer uh, right off the bat. Cool, cool. Uh, they did a great job of of establishing. Hey, guess what, people? This movie's set not now. It's not set now. Set in the nineties. How can we tell people that this movie's set in the nineties? I don't know. Maybe uh, drop is, it through is a there like a lot of? Uh, is oh oh shit? There's like a heroin epidemic. Going there's on. like a tamagotchis everywhere. Tamagotchis. There's um, oh like the slap bracelets. Yeah, there's Polly Pockets. We've got um, uh, GI Joe figures in weird neon colored paint for some reason. Ooh, hypercolor shirts. Hypercolor shirts, dude. Those are a lot of sweaty people. Did not like those shirts, <laughs> let me tell you. Uh, okay, Captain Marvel trailer, though. We see Jude Law. Uh, we see so Dumbledore himself uh, in the flesh. We see we see a couple of throwbacks. We see, uh, what's his face? Uh, oh, my God, I'm blanking on his name. You know, like, who? That guy? Uh, Korath. Korath. Oh, yeah. Uh, is there pre uh, his meeting with Star-Lord? Um we get to see like it looks like a Kree strike force. Um, some Ronin, very Ronan. Ronan. Uh, I mean, again, is he maybe just he's suspicious? Ronan, yeah, Ronan the slightly suspicious. So yeah, uh, lots of cool stuff in this in this full trailer. Uh, they do this weird thing where like it almost feels like a Christopher Nolan film because there's like various timelines happening at the same time. And actions that mirror each other are happening from different timelines, and it's like, what? What is? 
this is all going to mean Brie Larson looks incredibly unhappy in literally every scene in this trailer. <laughs> I, God, I hope she enjoys some of this. Uh, special effects look great. It looks polished. Uh, you know, just a lot of like cool moments. Uh, I know we're not really going to that much in depth, but just like there's a lot of stuff to be jazzed about. We have the with the link to the trailer on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Neil Before Pod. What a great website. What a, <laughs> what a, what a great group page on Facebook. Uh, be sure to give us a review on there too. You can do it there. You can do it on iTunes. We appreciate it. Five stars all the way. Um, anything in particular about the Captain Marvel trailer that especially spoke to you, Chris? Oh, I hated it. Like, uh, the beginning, uh, because there was a blockbuster. Yeah. It's like a, uh, like a PTSD <laughs> situation for you, right? <laughs> it just immediately triggered. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, it, I think it was great. Uh, I really like seeing the Marvel kind of de-aging CGI working like insanely well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, another, I mean, God damn it. I hate to keep bashing Warner Brothers over the head, uh, but the one mustache was too much apparently for their, for their efforts. <laughs> and we yeah. can de-age uh, uh, Agent uh, Coulson and we can de-age Nick Fury. No problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm really interested. This is, this story is going to be really, really, um, it's going to be the glue that right. holds the MCU together. Yeah, she's supposed to be a really big part moving forward. Uh, this is obviously going to be the film that comes out before Infinity War or Avengers 4, I guess. And, uh, whew, man, it's, you know, and it's cool. It's Marvel's first female-led superhero film about damn time. Uh, let's see if they can, you know, this is the one place where they have to play catch-up to DC and I'm hoping it's going to be as good, if not better, than Wonder Woman. Also, real quick, we get a little bit of a Monica Rambeau sort of, uh, sort of a cameo. Um, I, I don't think it's it's the little girl that is like the partner. Uh, so very quickly, you see um, you see Carol Danvers, uh, Brie Larson's character, and then there's like a like she has like a friend that's also like a pilot. And that's Monica Rambeau in the comic is a ends up becoming uh, a Captain Marvel at one point, <coughs> but I think that's right actually, now she's just she, right now she's just Lieutenant Marvel. She's Lieutenant, yeah, she's a uh, Private Marvel. Marvel <laughs> at my wait, never mind. Um, whoa, so, whoa! But you see her daughter. I was say first class, but you see, yeah, for, yeah. So you see her daughter for a second. Um, I think that's supposed to be Monica Rambeau, maybe because again, this movie's set in the nineties. So setting up for Monica to be older now, right? So if she's like a little girl in the 90s, then she would be older now. That's my thought. It's a guess. I have no idea. Just throwing it out there. Could be wrong. Don't at me, everybody. Don't at me. Um, <laughs> what else? What else? What else? Okay, let's, uh, you know what? Let's just, uh, let's keep moving. Marvel moving Studios. Marvel Studios commissioned a script for Dark Avengers. What are Dark Avengers, you might ask? Dark Avengers is um... Sam Wilson, uh, Kamala Khan. <laughs> wow, uh, Rhodey, Rhodey Rhodes, uh, Rhodey, Rhodey Rhodes, Jim uh, It stops there. What about oh, oh, Shuri? Oh. What about Umbaku? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, T'Challa. Yeah. What about uh, what about Goliath? What was what was his name in the Lawrence Fishburne in Ant Man Two? What are you talking? Oh yeah, okay. <laughs> Bill Foster. Bill Foster. Why you kind of cut out fish for? He needs his money too. Uh, that's not what we mean. Dark Avengers 
uh, was a group of, Rock. of fake um, Avengers set up by Wow, set up by Norman Osborn to impersonate the Avengers, but to further his nefarious tasks and schemes. So we'll okay. see how that plays out. But that's cool that they're thinking about it. Um, I mean, obviously that's going to be years, years, and years from now. But again, that's a pretty cool storyline in the comic, and. Um, you know, but again, like Age of Ultron was nothing like Age of Ultron the comic, so who knows? They could just be borrowing the title, and they might end up doing something completely different. Um, There's yeah. no time for that, is there? Was that like like a... What do you mean? You know, how all these movies are slated? Oh, yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing okay. on the board. No, I mean, in fact, if anything, they just commissioned, like, a spec. You know, script. Which, by the way, okay. is this our oh. opportunity? Like, should we be? Yeah, maybe we should be throwing out a spec script um, for Dark Avengers. Should we? I mean, I, I think I got one right now. Okay, let's hear it. All right. So, after the events of Infinity War, Wong wasn't just back at the, <laughs> back at the magical emporium. No, Eating what the his fuck tuna melt? Yeah, the uh, the sanctum, whatever. Yeah, uh, he, he wasn't just you know biding his time eating the tuna melt. Yeah. Uh, he was he was he was on his shit. He was jumping dimensions. He was getting like, well, these are you know Avengers exist, so let's get them from different places. So maybe they're more uh, more mystical Avengers. Mm. Okay, actually, I kind of like that. I like the idea. Uh, and of course, and Wong's a leader. Okay, well, Wong strong. Hashtag. I mean, crazy rich Asians did pretty well, right? So never know. <laughs> Crazy mystical Asians. Uh, that's, that's me, I guess. Uh, I like that you kept the crazy part in, but you threw it mystical. You took out the rich. <laughs> you took out the rich, and you made the mystical. That's listen. I think that's a I tough think, look. Uh, <laughs> the <laughs> rich isn't that integral to their character development. Okay, uh, but mystical. <laughs> Hey, if you had these powers, you wouldn't be sane either. Look, man, I'm just saying you're about to get hit with some Nagini level like like. J.K. Rowling hate. <laughs> Retcon hate's going to be coming That's your way. a tough look for J.K. I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess I, it's been very UKIP over there in, uh, in yeah. England. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Who knew? True believers, CBCers out there. Who knew? He could have replaced the crazy part of Crazy Rich Asians, but uh, he didn't. So, there you uh, go. No. Come on. Crazy is like a modifier. It's like a... Like stupid ass or something, and that's not actually no. Your your butt's not stupid. It's just a modifier, motherfucker. <laughs> we don't even have time for this. And uh, so, okay, yeah. Anyway, Dark Avengers. We'll do the spec script. If uh, maybe if we, again, we maybe should start a Patreon or like a like a GoFundMe or something. Maybe. I think one of the Patreon reward levels should be like we could uh, get get some money to go to tie one off for Al over there? I mean, because <laughs> we're, we're on a time crunch. <laughs> yeah, man, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. You're trying well, to tell me about Pepe Sylvia, man. We're already so far behind. Oh, my God. Okay, so Spider-Verse trailer. Whoo! Okay, uh, this is amazing, but we did already sort of cover a little bit of this in the Venom uh, review. Venom! <laughs> Venom! Penum! Kenum! Oh, no! <laughs> Ninum! Tenum! <laughs> don't know uh but but the cool thing about this trailer and again it's on our on our facebook page you get to see uh gwen you get to see spider-ham you get to see spider-man noir voiced by none other than nicholas cage how am i not in that movie <laughs> wait who's that who's that nicholas cage that's is that oh, that that's that's sandberg doing nicholas cage okay Sorry, okay life. good okay that's good actually it's a good sandberg doing cage uh yeah, trailer looks great. The uh, seven minutes you get to see in Venom are also amazing. Uh, we already kind of talked about it, so we'll just 
move forward as much as it pains me because I mean I mean that... there, there's nothing much to talk about Gwen like uh, we said already uh, mm. why is she even in there mm. <laughs> you won't to you light won't. our darkest hour man she's like the Transformers matrix of leadership okay all I'm saying is like Unicron. Will she have like post traumatic stress disorder from swinging around just you know not by herself? Just wow, wow. You mean like if she has to like look back or anything? Yeah, or, like if... yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs> Any, anytime like somebody cracks her back in front of her. Oh my god, <laughs> the worst, the worst. You know what is the worst though? Seriously, I don't know why this is becoming a thing with our podcast. It bums me out. It really sucks. Uh, we keep. Unfortunately, having to speak on the passing of creators and actors and people associated with comic book properties, and this week is no different. Uh, we lost two creative talents uh, in the forms of Carlos Esquerra, uh, co-creator of uh, Judge Dredd, and Scott Wilson, who very recently passed away, and he, he played Herschel in, in The Walking Dead, which, recording this on a Sunday evening, I know The Walking Dead just premiered. Um, we are not really going to cover The Walking Dead because that's just not a thing that we cover on this show. Uh, but Chris did see it, I think, so you can at him if you want. Yeah. Uh, you you won't. can answer all your questions, all of your Walking Dead-related questions. But uh, Judge Dredd, a really, really great underrated comic. And I say that like it has a pretty big fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you haven't given it a shot, check it out. It's It's got a very interesting narrative style and even the art style is is pretty unique uh, of course they ended up making not one but two movies based off of the character one with sylvester stallone and one with uh, keith urban so or is it carl urban which one's i think it's carl carl urban, urban. i've yeah. met him i feel bad now carl urban uh yeah carl urban the australian uh who is an actor and then scott wilson of course actually you know, it's, it's um, well, I mean, it's not exactly the same, but Carl Urban is an alumni of Alamo City Comic Con here in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um, and so was Scott Wilson. Scott Wilson was here for the first year when they had a giant panel of Walking Dead uh, yeah. cast and crew. And he was a very, very pleasant man to speak to, um, and he will be missed. Uh, rest in peace to both Carlos and Scott. <laughs> Okay, um, something. Oh, okay. Uh, something that we can kind of put to bed now, and honestly, I'm very, very Ooh. tired of talking about it. But uh, we can just. This is another wrinkle. We've of course talked about the the Feverant, uh Star Wars fan uh, that will not let this go. They apparently hated uh, the Last Jedi for a variety of stupid reasons. And we've now come to find that possibly, maybe, and you know, now honestly, I feel bad. Chris, do you feel bad? I feel bad that we might have uh, propagated some of this because it turns out maybe Russian uh, bots and it was a sept- like a subterfuge of like a, of American society. They were trying to create discord in our social fabric via hmm. Star Wars. Those <laughs> bastards! They got us where we care because we don't actually care up. about politics. But if you <laughs> If you start talking shit about Star Wars, it's gonna get everyone in a tizzy. What do you think? I mean, yeah, they they, they know what are they know where we hurt, man. They they know where to attack us at our most vulnerable point, and that's like uh at our at our media that we that we're so invested in for some reason. Um, 
No, I, I totally, I totally believe it. I totally don't feel bad about it because, like, if you're stupid enough to feel some sort of way, then and not realize, you know, that was your own kind of like perception of it. And uh, fucking hell, no, I, I can't get back into it right now. We're so short on time. Uh, suffice to say, nobody paid attention uh, when Metal Gear Solid Two came out on the PS2. Uh, every go back, go back now, go back, watch some like topic videos about it, maybe some like, recaps on YouTube or something like that. Everything that's happening now in, in today's current time is like referenced back then, back at like 2001 or whatever. Oh. Um, Kojima, so ahead of his time, uh, he, he's stranding on that death, man. Oh, he so um, is so stranding on that death, whatever so, that means. I, he's got a baby <laughs> ball, baby battery, light bulb, he's a baby battery. <laughs> Is he predicting the future of baby batteries? And you know, I, maybe. I I mean, it's I just can't wait to deliver shit as Norman Reedus, uh, slapping a baby to wake him up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it, this interconnected world is much more uh, easily manipulated than we than we think it is, and that's a big problem. It is a big problem. You know, it's the, it's the kind of thing that like if our society survives another forty years or so. If the Earth can hang that long, it's a big mm -hmm. if, by the way. Uh, people are going to be looking back and like, oh, shit, man. These people were ill-prepared for, like, how to handle this stuff and how to, to maneuver in this world. Uh, where we're just, we're, like, all running headfirst into brick walls. Like, like it's nothing. It's crazy. It's we, stopped thinking. we stopped thinking a while back. It's a uh, tough luck for us, for humans. <laughs> It's a tough, it's a tough look. Uh, you know what's not a tough look? Oh, that's a bell. The bells for humanity. <laughs> Gong for humanity. Oh wow. Uh, what's not a tough look? What is an awesome, awesome, awesome Jesus, look? That's what we need to be. Like for you to get like the, I think it's your superpower, man. Short on time, your segues are that much better. All right, well we figured it out. Uh, the new Hellboy poster. Whew, man, like literally saying this thing is hot is is accurate. <laughs> it's got flames. It's got David Harbour looking tough as shit. Um, he looks like a dude you don't want to mess with. And guess what? Hellboy is not a dude you want to mess with. Chris, how are you but, feeling about that Hellboy poster? But he's a boy, though. Well, I could I could probably mess with a boy. Are you a Catholic priest? Oh, whoa. <laughs> 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 That's a good point. I'm <laughs> phrasing aside. <laughs> I don't think I could take Harbor. No, he looks fucking cut, dude. Um, like that gauntlet. Ah, oh, shit. Just the horns. Ever all of it. All of it looks the okay. Flaming sword. I love Gilmore the Door. Right, like Hellboy one and two. Hellboy two is so underrated. It might be. It might be the most underrated comic book movie. That what, what was the subtitle like? The Golden World or something. The like Golden that? Army, I think. Uh, there we go. It's it is so good. It is the the environment, the world that Del Toro created for that film, and the aesthetic of it is just off the charts amazing. Go back and rewatch that film. It's a little convoluted. It's a little paint by numbers at times in terms of plotting and narrative. But the direction and the the visual aesthetic of the film, it is fucking beautiful. Um, but yeah, that being said, 
this movie looks cool. I mean, just off the one poster, they got it down. Like, Hellboy looks yeah. great. It's a great start. Keep it up. Keep it up, because I'm in. I'm excited about this. It looks fantastic. Uh, something that we haven't seen, but I will argue I'm also pretty excited about, is that Rocksteady, okay? Not the Ninja Turtle villain, by the way. Not the Rhino <laughs> from Ninja Turtles. Shouts to my fantasy basketball team, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, Rocksteady, uh, famous for, I believe, what? For Manhunt? Right? Did uh, they make the Manhunt games? Yeah. They're, they're, they're the most recent, most recent Batman Arkham games. They did the games. cool Batman Arkham games. Yeah. Manhunt and Batman Arkham. I don't know why my voice is doing that when I say Manhunt. Man. Manhunt. I don't know what that is. Uh, they apparently, the rumor has it, the mill, the mill, so to speak, that they're working on a Justice League game, not a Superman game. A lot of people had assumed that they were working on a Superman game and that it's actually going to be a Justice League game. Hmm. Now, um, as the Marvel fanboys that we are always being accused of being, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I have wanted to see an MCU proper uh, video game. Much yeah. of the style of Batman, uh, like the yeah. Rocksteady game. I don't think that's ever going to happen. That's just not, we are in the darkest no. timeline, so we're not going to get that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, if if the uh, if the equation holds true, right, and so every animated thing that DC does is great, and every video game thing that DC does is amazing, and their comics are really good, well then, this Justice League game could make up for the, the shit, popsicle the shitsicle that was the justice League film uh which honestly by the way was not the worst thing in the world but just not what it should have been right just not what it should yeah. have been so maybe this video game is going to be great what would you like to see what's what's one character from the dc universe you would love to see in a justice league rocks rock steady game oh man um oh, i'm gonna get his name wrong uh the guy who goes enough chuck and gets bigger Oh yeah, the, the the indigenous dude, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I can't think of his name right now. Fuck. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was, was just something like Big Chief. I wanted to say Big Chief. Like that. That's what I was gonna say. But I was like, oh, is that insensitive? Because it's really what I'm thinking. It was. I think it might be Big Chief. By the way, shouts to Indigenous Peoples Day tomorrow. Take it back. Yeah, fuck Columbus. Take that shit back, everybody. Take it Apache back. Apache Chief. Apache Chief was is his name. Apache Chief good? And we're close. We're close. Is Big Chief the fucking bubble gum or the tobacco? I, yeah. Oh, <laughs> the Indians. yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, sure. no. Sorry, everybody. Sorry. <laughs> I just, I'm legitimately sorry. Not in a Kavanaugh way either, but like in a real way. Um, Keep right. your head up, Aslan. We're going to take over again. Reconquista, we're coming. Eh, eh. <laughs> BX all day. You know, we like to talk about Jake Gyllenhaal and Maggie Gyllenhaal being in a romantic comedy together. Um, mm -hmm. I know I've brought it up many a times in my own private conversations. It's, it's too many. One would argue maybe too many. Uh, <laughs> but one thing we did get to see is a first look of Gyllenhaal as Mysterio. Now, real quick, these were un unsanctioned shots. And from what I understand, uh -oh. somebody used a fucking drone to take these pictures and <laughs> like 
that's like okay cool but like sketch that's super sketch if i'm the studio i'm getting people with some 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 like airsofts at least or like maybe a gu actual gun shooting those things down like are you kidding me you should not be allowed to do that <laughs> that's right um because the thing is uh it could be like uh, like the Teen Titans thing where you get these unsolicited pictures and oh, it yeah. looks terrible. And then maybe it looks better in the show. And, I, you know, in that case, I, I it seems like that was just accurate, unfortunately. But these pictures don't look that great. You know, we see that Jake Gyllenhaal has a beard. Uh, so cool, I guess. Uh, but other than that, it's just it looks kind of silly and a bit hokey in a way. I am sure that when it's all said and done, it's going to look fantastic. For some reason, by the way, here's a rumor uh, that I've seen, seen floating around the internet. People seem to think that for whatever reason, based on these photos, and I don't know why, because his costume looks very Mysterio-esque, but people mm -hmm. are like, oh, you know what? You know what? I think, um, I think... I think that Jake Gyllenhaal's actually Norman Osborn. Yeah, I do. I think it's Norman Osborn. Uh, for some reason, what makes you say that, forties guy? <laughs> well, I've been I've been reading the Weekly, you know, and <laughs> <laughs> there, if you if you if you look at the third word of every paragraph in the late edition, I don't know. Uh, it's a thing. It's a thing. That's Excelsior. Going to... Excelsior. Yeah. I'm not going to pay that Jack Kirby anything. Uh, just... <laughs> so, uh, if you if you look at the internet, people, it's running wild too. It's like one of the most prevalent rumors about Spider-Man: Far From Home is that Jake Gyllenhaal is not Mysterio, but he's in actuality Norman Osborn. I don't get it. I don't buy it. Um, I also don't really see it, to be honest. I don't want... Maybe it's because in my heart of hearts, I want Matt McConaughey so, so badly as Norman Osborn. Mm. I don't I don't want... Or Brian Cranston, maybe? But I, I don't want... Uh, I don't want Jake Gyllenhaal's is, uh, Norman Osborn. What do you What do you think? What do you think about Norman... What do you think about Jake as Mysterio, though, that look? What do you think is okay? What do yeah. You... No, I think it's all right. I mean, um, if anything, Spider-Man property, now that Marvel's up... Uh, Marvel's in there. Um, they already have vultures, so they can go a little bit more cartoony if they want to. So I, I kind of don't have a problem with the costume. Yeah. Um, as for like Norman Osborn, I think Norman Reedus should be Norman Osborn. There you go. Sure. Just because that's the you know they don't have to change the name much. Right. Like, if you say Norman, you know, just one right. guy. If looks, they fuck cool. up the line, you mean like if yeah. they call him by his real yeah. name, it still sticks. It stays in. You don't. You don't <laughs> get any. Uh, you don't get any carry. Uh, Empire Strikes Back action. Oh, Gary! Yeah. 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 Uh, let's see. Deadpool. Okay, this is really cool. So, uh, something that we, we previously, that I know I've spoken about, um, even in our Venom review, but I think even prior to that, it was really concerning to me, was this idea that, that Venom was an R-rated film in script, an R-rated film in, in terms of direction and, and of production, and then after the fact, they came in and edited it down and made it a PG-13 film. Mm -hmm. And I'm dying on that hill. Like, I thought that was a bad decision. Um, the movie still turned out really entertaining, so kudos to them. I suspect that if they make an unrated uh, Blu-ray release, that that's going to be amazing. It's going to be even better. Here's something that's doing the exact opposite of that. Like, essentially, I mean, it's, they're essentially doing the same thing, actually. But at my my perspective is completely opposite, which is they're taking Deadpool. And from what I understand, it's Deadpool 2 
and mm-hmm. only Deadpool 2. But honestly, depending on how they do this, they could combine one and two here. And they're editing it to make it a PG-13 version of that film. But here's the twist. They're basing it off of The Princess Bride. They actually got Fred Savage, adult Fred (laughs) Savage. They got him in the same outfit. He's in a bed. He's not feeling well. Deadpool (laughs) is sitting in a chair with a book, and he's telling him a story. And it's the story of Deadpool. And this is fucking brilliant. This comes out in December, and my only hesitation here is that that is also when Spider-Verse comes out. Oh, no. And don't you dare get in the way, Spider-Verse, Deadpool. I will I will sabotage this remake remix. I will do whatever <laughs> I have to. Do not come at my boy. You were boy, so on Spider-Verse. board 15 seconds ago? I No, I like the idea. I, too, I do. <laughs> this is my one sort of caveat thing. It's like, do not come at Spider-Verse. But other than that, you're fine. Uh, <laughs> it's a cool idea. It's so out of the box. It's such unique creative thinking with this property and it's perfect Mm -hmm. it just shows how well they understand this character and the audience that loves this character right i got a quick question for you though yeah so uh in the anime world sometimes uh when a you know uh when the budget's becoming an issue and like they're not meeting the time requirements like they'll throw in a recap episode yeah the bottleneck episodes yeah yeah yeah, and uh, they'll be like, "Oh yeah, these are all the, this is a story so far. You can't catch up, and we're gonna catch up making the next episode." Um, do you think that's anything what's happening here, or do you think that's uh, that's kind of like you know they're just trying to do something for the holiday season? I honestly, I think that they understand the success of Deadpool and that they think they can just make more money. I really think all right. that's all it is. <laughs> I think because they don't have to do this, right. there's no need for them to do this at all. But but guess what? December is a time when lots of who's 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 got free time. Who's got free um, time in December? You should know. I mean, uh, uh, the um, strung out teachers and students. Um, I'm getting there. Hold on. Okay. Um, uh, the tax 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 prep people. Tax. <laughs> Not if you work in the in the. In the financial advising industry man because they've got forms you got to fill out by the end of the year and oh boy it is uh the employees at the fossil uh shop in the mall yeah i mean that's year round though (laughs) no one goes there i love fossil but no one goes there yeah Uh, not no more no but seriously teachers students students kids right kids are off during oh those things right and who, who are a lot of kids? Why, they're under the age of 13, 13 and younger, right? So if you make this PG-13, or under the age of 18, I'm sorry. If you make this PG-13 yeah, yeah. version of this film, not granted, most kids, like, you've, they've seen this movie, right? They A lot of them <laughs> have seen it. But, but here's another reason to unabashedly go see it right no no sneaking no you know you can just go see it now as a child or as a you know as a young person whatever it's also a really cool concept i i imagine it's going to be very successful um will it you know will it make more than suicide squad you know, if, oh, if, no. if this remix of Dude. Deadpool makes more than any of the DC films... It, it, it has the potential to do better than Justice League's opening weekend. Right. Just... Oh, no. 
Like, what a tough, <laughs> that's a tough hang. The, throw the damn towel. Um, but yeah, it's really I, cool. I, I wanted to do so well that every at the end of every year or every two years, whatever, Deadpool just recaps like all the superhero <laughs> movies that happened. That would be amazing. Like all of them, DC and yeah. Marvel and Fox, yeah. and all of it. Oh my god, yes, that would be, that would be so cool. I'd be a hundred percent on board for that. <laughs> you uh, can go see all these movies, or just see Deadpool, <laughs> or just see the Deadpool recap. Oh, that'd be so good. All right, something that I think even Deadpool would have a little bit of trouble at this point. <laughs> uh, Deadpool would have a little bit of trouble getting people psyched for at this point is Gambit. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, granted, you have the charming, charming Channing Tatum. If he were a boxer, they'd be Channing the Charming Channing Tatum. Chattachuda. That's what they would call him. Wow. Wow. Chapa Chupa. <laughs> Chupa Pop. Charming Channing Chupa Pop Charming Tatum. <laughs> that would be his name. Uh, he would get destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he would man, just get rocked on principle. People would punch him so hard. <laughs> See, even Conor McGregor might have a chance against him at that point. Wow! Oh, wow! Oh, oh no! Oh no! Oh, is little McGregor going to come after me? Should I be scared? Dude's like five four, hundred pounds. I don't want to hear it. Um, boy, I'll I'll punch him in his little chin, his little bearded chin. Um, Gambit is going to be a romantic comedy. Is this going to save the film? I'm going to say no. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that what? Unless unless they lean hard into like like a uh, Cajun stereotypes, <laughs> <laughs> then I think that would be hilarious. Imagine K- Gambit comes on, oh mon chéri, and yeah. he starts fucking making out with a gator or some shit. Wow. But, yeah, yeah. They just hire the cast of True Blood and just throw them in. <laughs> The movie, Fucking absolutely, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> just yeah, just gets a bunch of Creole shit up in there. Uh, I I don't know. I I don't know what they can do with this movie anymore. It's been it's been on the docket forever. Shane Tab is great. Look, I you've seen if you've seen if you have not seen Twenty One or Twenty Two Jump Street, he's got comedic chops. He's a funny guy. I don't doubt that he can do comedy or even romantic comedy but like is that the character of gambit what are you doing do you have to have rogan it at that point which rogan are you gonna get like we haven't touched this yet we actually might do a special very special episode of combo characters where we just try to tackle the x-men movie universe and Uh the timeline and the multiple versions of same characters is Rogue gonna be in this Gambit film? It's just like who, who well, knows. If you get if you get Anna Paquin, that's your True Blood. Right, crossover. there's your True Blood crossover. You get Anna Pax, you get Anna Pax in, you get in, you know, um, Lafayette. You get everybody else from the True Blood <laughs> fam, and you get them in there. Bill, fucking Bill, just staring, fucking Bill, just staring at people. Fucking Bill, and then out of nowhere, Buffy comes through and just stakes everybody. There you go. And then you got your Buffyverse crossover, and then wait, wait a minute, what's that? Is that Joss Whedon's music? (laughs) Is that Joss Whedon's music? He's all of a sudden back in the industry, and everyone's like, whoa. Yeah. That son of a bitch, that rattlesnake. And then James Gunn's out there with like a megaphone, like his manager, and he's like the mouth (laughs) of the South, James Gunn. And, uh... (laughs) 
that's how they come back in. That's how you get them back into the uh, fold. <laughs> Jimmy Gunn. Jimmy Gunn, yeah. Mouth of the Sad Jimmy Gunn. Okay, uh, so you might sense the theme here. We're, we're happy with the Deadpool Fox property, right? We're not so keen on the X-related, X-title-related Fox properties as with Gambit. Another one where we got to see a trailer of Dark Phoenix. And the internet is not happy, folks. The internet is having a real bad time with Dark Phoenix. I'll say this. Sansa looks great. Uh, I think she does fine as Jean Grey. The movie looks super serious. And and I don't know that you need to do that with X-Men all the time. I think if you try to make it too serious and too heavy, that takes away a lot of what that, those movies can be. Mm. But I will tell you, the internet is not having this. And I almost, I do sort of wonder if maybe this is a little bit of a Russian bot situation because, I mean, I wasn't like a super huge fan of this trailer. Although I will say, again, and we talked about this off air, they are painting Charles Xavier into a very Brett Kavanaugh type situation here where like gene's gonna have some words in about 30 years and like he's doing some not so very cool consensual unconsensual things here listen listen he likes beer okay he likes drinking a beer with the beast man he's gonna start at 11 he's gonna jump right up to a 15 right off the bat (laughs) uh tough tough look for charles drinking Uh, game it was a drinking game absolutely was not a drinking game um they don't call out the phoenix force for nothing uh <laughs> tra- the movie itself oh dude oh hey Cybar, could you take the phoenix force no not at all no zero no way fucking i tell her to rip it off destroys man. planets like no i mean it's fine like i'll fucking turn it i'll try it like like take me down it's cool i'm i'm done it's fine <laughs> I told you. You saw that thing with the asteroid that looks like a skull, right? That's like coming. Oh, yeah. I was like, please. Please and thank you. Where is it? (laughs) Bring it. Bring the damn. Bring the fucking brainiac asteroid (laughs) down here. (laughs) Let's let's get this over with. Uh, Dark Phoenix, the the reaction to it was so immensely negative and it seemed to be so loud so immediately loud i was actually suspicious like i'm like wait a minute like is this yeah. fabricated because it's not that bad the trailer's not bad it's it's just i just don't know if it looks that interesting but like it looks polished it looks like it looks it looks good um yeah. it's got a lot of your favorite characters it's set in the 90s hopefully there's some nirvana thrown in there somewhere maybe a little pearl jam uh i you know I don't some, it, some kid named Jeremy in the background. <laughs> it doesn't look like Justice League bad. It doesn't look, you know, right. Batman versus Superman bad. It looks fine. It looks fine. I, I know we got like um, her going all Phoenix at the end of uh, Apocalypse, mm-hmm. and I guess that's a logical logical progression. It's just that uh, that that story is such a you know a coda that, that we, the comics keep coming back to that. It's just 
can we get to something else more fun before there's that? There's so much stuff that the X-Men do. Like, decades of awesome stuff, and they just yeah. won't let this thing go. Uh, 100% right. Not only that, we've covered this in a film already. X-Men The Last Stand, the worst one, by the way. Colon, the worst one. Uh, <laughs> we already tried to cover this story, and it did a shit job of it. Thanks, Brett Ratner. By the way, speaking of uh, uh, Bretts that suck. Um, uh <laughs> So we don't. I don't know why they're jumping back to this. The other thing is like this one's now set in the '90s. The apocalypse movie was set in the '80s. The the Days of Future Past was set in the '70s, and First Class was set in the '60s. So you mean to tell me, like thirty plus years have happened since First Class, and now if I can, James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender look exactly the same. 30. Like, is that their <laughs> mutant powers? The don't age. It doesn't make any sense. Why Maybe. are they? Yeah, I don't know, dude. Maybe X don't crack. <laughs> Why are they such in a hurry to like fuck with the timeline? Just keep everything in one decade. It's fine. Keep like ten years, fifteen years at most. I don't know what they're doing. Um, the most they are doing the they're doing the, the most. The most least a definite a definite candidate for Big Wheel Award um, is just the Fox handling of the X Men timeline. <laughs> All right, on to something tremendously cool and for those of you listeners you cbcers out there that love to paint us with that marvel fanboy brush well we've got a bit of a surprise for you joaquin phoenix as the joker we see our first look in what is essentially a screen test um literally no action literally just a guy just a guy like a dog chasing his tail uh, it's just a guy standing there and with some creepy music and like not creepy music good music but like in the setting of what this is it's very creepy and we see like flashing of like projection images over Joaquin Phoenix mm-hmm. and then we see a final image review uh, reveal of Joaquin Phoenix in the Joker makeup hi oh oh oh, oh Soundy. oh Soundy's in Said he's in on Joaquin. <laughs> don't blame him. Uh, holy hell. He he might be the Dark Phoenix that we actually need. <laughs> oh, that's good. Maybe that'll be the title of the episode. That's really good. I like that. Uh, Joaqu- this little 30-second thing. And Now, here's the thing. Uh, immediately, Warner Brother DC fanboy. Uh, you know, you give them one little good thing, and they just... Won't let go. Immediately, the thing I saw was uh, when a 30-second screen test is literally better than every promotional item of Captain Marvel to date. Boom! Oh, wow. And I'm like, really, guys? That's what? okay. I mean, I guess. That's approaching That's approaching. what about our emails levels, though. It's like, just be happy that you have something that doesn't suck, okay? Yeah. Like, God damn. Uh, and I, I'm, look, I think it's great. I'm not trying to shit on it at all. It is, it's got me psyched for the movie. I know some fans, honestly, um, maybe they're Marvel fans, I don't know, but some fans are not liking the look of the Joker here. They think he looks too clownish, and I'm like, he's a fucking clown. That's, what do you mean he's too clownish? Does Batman look too much like a bat? Like, what are you, what are you talking about? What do you Batman wish they could lose the whole bat thing? Like, why does he got ears? Like, what is the what is those ears about? What are you talking about? Back up, <laughs> back up, weird fan of stuff. 
Uh, Joker <laughs> is Joe. He's a fucking clown. Like that's what he's supposed to be. Um, I think it looks great. Yeah. I think the song that they use is amazing, and I've listened to it many, many times since. The, is mm-hmm. it? Is it who? Is it the who? I think. Is that a who song? Uh, uh, who? I want to I say it's the who. Um, I might be wrong. Who? You can at me if you want, people. I don't. I might be wrong. Look, I, this isn't a music podcast. Let me alone. Uh, <laughs> the only thing I've kind of seen on the internet, uh, and by the end of my Twitter, um, is that like, oh wow, we're doing this again, Joker again, and that's not the character's fault. I mean, if anything, yeah kind of like poke fun at the company for like this is the only property that works for us we're gonna make movies <laughs> more movies with just the joker but um you could always have another take on the joker oh yeah well see because the thing is in the comic book even in the comic book there's like this big thing where like there's three jokers mm-hmm. right there's three of them whatever the fuck that means that's some yeah. <laughs> some random thing that they made mentioned in one comic book like eight years ago and they haven't come back to it yet but like everyone's like what about the three jokers like wait is this joker which joker is this it's great because they fucking said one thing literally like one panel of a comic book and people <laughs> are still talking about it, which is fine that's great get people interested uh you can do that with the Joker because his his history is so muddled and in it just lends itself to this kind of thing, this different interpretation. My my favorite internet reaction that's a bit pokey fun at this is the um, when you and your friend pick the same character in a fighting game. No, <laughs> and it's a picture of the Heath Ledger Joker and this Joker, and like it just looks like a palette swap. You've got a real Sub Zero Scorpion yeah. situation here. Um, <laughs> It's it's it looks great though, it looks good first step Warner Brothers. Yeah, Todd yeah, Phillips, I mean, good job. I mean everybody involved. Fucking just like the Scorsese. the color palette kind of going back to the Caesar Romero version. Mm-hmm. I, I like that a whole lot. I almost wonder if like the fans that are shitting on that and complaining don't know that that's what they're doing. Like right, you know, and even even um, Ledger used a mask in the in the. And yeah, the cool-ass bank the robbery original. to open the film, like you know, there was a there was an homage to the Cesar Romero thing. So I, uh, you know, I don't know. All right, wow, we did it. Do we? I can't believe <laughs> we actually got through all that stuff. Oh, uh, there's something else left under the tree, Freddy. Oh no, what did I miss? What did I, what did I miss? The oh, biggest the big, of wheels. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I mean, we know we're at the end. We're the, of course we're at the big wheel award. Now, granted, Dark Phoenix or not Dark Phoenix, but just the the. Fox's treatment of the X-Men timeline is, I mean, easily could win this award. Um, again, McAvoy, Fassbender, 35 years. Like, <laughs> have not aged. Zero. Also, now we're in the 90s, so we're like eight years away from Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. Like, we're eight years <laughs> Some... from that. Like, that's, that don't line up. Some shit's going to go south real quick. <laughs> Yeah, man, like, are they going to have, like, quadruplets or something, like, each, and then have to just raise those kids for eight years, and, <laughs> like, because I could see that, like, that's real life, shouts to our daddy boy, Ig, uh, oh, raising gee. those twins, man, like, you know, it's 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 aging him, but he's aging gracefully, you know, like, he's like a silver fox or whatever. Uh, big Wheel Award, Big Wheel Award, I'm giving the Big Wheel Award this week to... Sony's treatment of Jenny Slate. Oh, okay. Chris you Kurt. have 
You have a gem on your hands, Sony. Okay? Jenny Slate is fantastic. She can do dramatic roles. She can do uh, comedy fantastically. She's she's great at just lighting up every scene she's in. She's fantastic. And you gave her nothing to do in Venom. Absolutely nothing. And then you kill her off like it's <laughs> nothing. It's just... I mean, uh, it's just... Jenny Slate's not nobody. She's friends. She's dating Chris Evans. You want to piss off Captain America? Uh-oh. You don't. You don't want to piss off Captain America. His contract's ending. I mean... That's what I'm saying. You do good <laughs> by Jenny. She gets Chris on the phone. And oh. then you got Chris Evans in your fucking Sony films now. I don't know, man. Maybe there's, like, maybe this is payback for them for uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Uh, Chipwrecked. Is she in uh, that? Where she played Zoe. Uh, I didn't see that one. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just reading Look IMDb. IMDb. <laughs> she, <laughs> she is great, though. She really is. And if you haven't seen Gifted, Gifted is... It stars Chris Evans. It's a tremendous film. And has the most savage burn of any movie I think I've ever seen in my life. I'm not going to ruin it here, but it is like the sickest one-liner burn to a character in that movie. Is it, ju- is, is it just your face? <laughs> no, that's my line. No, no, oh, okay. it's it's so good, seriously. Uh, but yeah, Big Wheel Award goes to, to, to Sony's treatment of Jenny Slate. She is a treasure. Boo, not cool. Very, boo, very not cool. Uh, hopefully she gets into a, a, another project where they respect her talents. And if not, you can always watch Parks and Rec because she's freaking hilarious in that. Uh, yeah, I think that, that closes us up for this episode. I cannot believe we wow, actually dude. got through all that stuff. I uh, Yeah, my, my voice is about to give out. It's been fun, though. Uh, again, don't forget to like and subscribe on iTunes. Give us a review. Five stars, please. Uh, check out our Facebook page, Facebook forward, uh, facebook.com forward slash kneelbeforepod. What a great website. What a great website. Yes. He's always ready, just like we are. And we'll be ready for you next time. But until then, the Fortress of Potitude is closed. Stay super, everyone. Stay wonk strong. <laughs> <laughs>